understand that there's so much to life, whether you're the CEO or the janitor. Given everything you do at 150% will change your mindset and your perception of what you're doing. Hey guys, on this week's Now or Never podcast, Tim sits down with Kyle Loftus of 1320 Video. This guy has nearly 3 million subscribers, and he talks a little bit about how he built his subscriber base and some really funny stories about how he got started. You're not going to want to miss this episode. And I am me. Just be. I'm a gentleman. Now I'm settled in. Even when Welcome to Now or Never. Uh, all things business, entrepreneurship. People who just take life and kick it square in the ass. My special guest, Kyle Loftus, in 1320 video. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, for you guys who don't normally watch this, um, this podcast is all about people who made their passion their paycheck, took something they loved, and found a way to uh, make it their entire life. And it's also a lot about guys from the Midwest who do big things and to prove that people from here, like you said earlier, That's people right. from Omaha, sometimes we're just quiet about it, but we do big things. And so um, I've been, I mean, I think I've been texting you off and off for about six months because uh, yep. you got suggested by about 10 of my former employees who are all huge 1320 guys. And I can't tell you how many times Shout I out to Kevin Cox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, was it Kevin or Kevin and Nick, Nick Chandler, right. both right. actually. <laughs> and so uh, I can't tell you how many times I drive down the street and see 1320 video stickers on cars. I mean, it's every, every day. I mean, mm-hmm. take me back. How did this all start? Um, Cause you're from here. <laughs> yep. And from, from Lincoln originally, I uh, grew up there and moved here for college just so I could move just far enough away from my parents, but still close, close enough, enough yeah. to <laughs> see them as, as much as I wanted. And, uh, and I started, I, I got into car audio competitions and when I was like 15, 16, I just became obsessed with car audio for some reason Yeah, and, um, got into like building loud sound systems in my car for about three or four years. And my dream was always to work at stereo West. Yeah. Uh, going way back in the history of this, it's kind of what stemmed my car addiction. But, uh, my dream was to work at stereo West. So I moved here for, you know, I stopped by there to borrow a tool and it was snowing. They had me pull my car in and they were like, you did this all yourself. And they hired me like that and worked there for four years. And one of the guys there, like 2003, um, took me out to a street race and we went up to, uh, Albertsons on hundred. Well, it used yeah. to be Albertsons on 144th yeah, and center. About, yeah. And there's about four or 500 cars there. And it was just like, it was like a scene out of fast and the furious. I don't know fast and the yeah, first fast and the yeah, furious to come out yeah. at that point. And the helicopter showed up, signed the spotlight on us and like eight cruisers roll in. And I was like, Oh my God, I love street racing. I was like, <laughs> I haven't even seen a street race yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, the next night we went out, went out and actually raced and I was just hooked on street racing. Um, that was kind of the progression of, of guys that like car stereo competitions as they move into fast cars and racing after that. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, I became hooked on street racing and my, I was using this little crappy point and shoot camera, um, filming races down at, near the airport. We'll, we'll say that <laughs> we don't race there anymore. So it's, it's fine. But, uh, and it just slowly, these crappy videos were like, no one was shooting video on the internet in 2003, 2004. No one knew how to take video off of a camera and put it on the internet, yeah. let alone share it in different places. So after, um, struggling through that, uh, just kind of slowly created a fan base without knowing it because there wasn't really like groups with numbers of people that you knew who were followers at that point in time. Yeah. It was just people downloading off of the server I had in the dorm when I was at UNO. Um, but there was a guy here in town, I uh, went by parish who had a, 
a sleeper is what we call it uh like a 2003 chevy silverado regular cab and it looked stock stock wheels stock tires full exhaust but it had about 800 horsepower and so he'd pull it next to a loud cam nitrous mustang at a stoplight and four-wheel drive and just blow them out of the water <laughs> and no one had a really turbocharged pickups back then so between him and i we kind of made each other famous he was already kind of doing his own videos yeah but then when we paired up we were both able to do what we loved and it just skyrocketed. I had my first viral video shut down the dorms internet without knowing. I was like, why is the internet so slow? <laughs> we had like a million downloads in three or four days. And that's uh, insane. Got a little trouble for that I one, know. but <laughs> totally worth it. Yeah. But that's kind of how like I first became known nationwide was through that progression to uh, my first viral video. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's, it epitomizes exactly just taking something you love. And it's funny how many guys mm -hmm. and who got into cars got in there from car stereos. Same thing for me. I mean, it was yep. how it works back in Norfolk, Nebraska. And actually my store, my second store I ever opened, oh, I met Nick Chandler was actually the second store I ever opened back in 2011 was right next door because I used to work there. Of course, what was I'm, the name of that shop? Uh, Soundworks. That's okay. Yeah. And uh, so here I am driving a 1983 Delta 88 Oldsmobile, 38 feet Dang. of love. And then just drive down the highway. It glided. Um, and of course, I got three 12-inch DVC subs in the back and I've got everything in that car. But I wired it myself just because well, I was broke. And uh, that's how I got the job with, with Phil, who still runs that store. Um, it was awesome. You know, here it was 10, 15 years later, I opened that store and I'm right next door to the place that I used to spend every check I had into it, <laughs> yep. how I got into it. And exactly. it's funny because how I met, the first time I met you, I remember this, but it was Nick Chandler's 21st birthday. And so he was working for me. Oh boy. So all these guys who were all in the 1320, who were all in the racing, they're all working for me. I think it was somebody with Fast and the Furious movies. Like everybody wanted to be yeah. Jack like Vin Diesel, but also drive fast cars. It kind of correlated with bodybuilding in the supplement industry. And so they're all working Tyrell Unger and, and uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Cox worked for me for a little while and uh, mm -hmm. Nick Chandler and, so we used to have our meetings at the North office, which was also known as an ISO sports bar. Um, because uh, yes. I was only 29, man. I wasn't that old yet. And, uh, so then Nick turned 21. He's like, is there any chance you would come on my 21st birthday? I'm like, hell yes, I will. And I don't remember what little rat hole club it was downtown Omaha, but, yep. um, I'm like, I'm buying drinks. They go, no, he's buying drinks. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm buying drinks. And it was you, um, <laughs> the other one trying to buy Nick drinks. I'm like, I want to see how bad this is going to turn out for this. Oh game. God. But, yeah. That's so. I, I looked up your YouTube yesterday. Give it 2.76 million followers. Like what? Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine like what that is. I see some of your videos have 5 million views. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. It's blown up. Like I hit 3000. I geek out. Chad and I are doing high fives. Like, <laughs> I just made eight bucks on YouTube. Yeah. All right. You know, um, as far as the business progression, like how did, uh, what, how to go after that? After you get your first, oh, boy. um, you know, the first 10 years I'm like, I, I started, started, I call it like 2003 is when I started taking it pretty seriously um and actually a pretty funny story to to tell about that transition well there's several transitions and from a hobby to a business but the first video actual video camera i got um was my group of street racing friends they were pushing me to have like make better videos and i was in college couldn't afford a, a nice camera so i found a 600 dollars camera at sears that i wanted and they put together a car wash and half of it went to i forget some local charity here and half of it went to the camera that's how i afforded my first camera we had a, a car wash and made like 300 dollars. oh so sweet i got 150 bucks off of that to help be able to afford the uh 
my first actual video camera rather than a little Canon elf point and shoot with like yeah. 60 by 60 videos. <laughs> but anyway, from, from that point, um, actually when I got that camera, I shot a whole bunch of video on it and I was trying to figure out how to make a video of it. Yeah. And it took me a full week to figure out how to get the video from the camcorder to my computer because nobody else out there was doing it. Like I said before, I was like, yeah, there weren't any friends to refer to. There wasn't a Google to search about like how in, in the, it all came down to actually having the camera on because I've been picturing like a memory card, but it was taped. So you have to have the camera on and play it back play and everything. Back, yeah. So anyway, uh, that was kind of, <laughs> that was a funny moment in my, in my build up to where we're at today. Then from there, uh, let's see, like it really was just a hobby of mine and I'd started going to races as well. So it was just street racing for the first few years. And then I started going to races in like Kansas city, St. Louis, and I was doing these trips on my, on my own because that's all I could really afford. I couldn't hire anyone to, to yeah. shoot for me. And then uh, one of my friends, like I would, I, I still do it today with my cell phone, but I would have a point and shoot photo camera, the one that was yeah. filming my, my videos on originally, and my video camera butted up next to each other taking photos, so I could have an album afterwards, yeah, as well as the videos. Uh, and then at one point, like two, three, eight years in, I was like, well, if I bring someone else to shoot photos, then I can just focus on video. And uh, so I just. Basically, my whole business model, even up till today, is my friends that want to come work for me. I train them on how to do whatever. Yeah. And then that's one of my employees. I've, I've hired one person outside of our core friends group, and he yeah. was a friend of a friend uh, on the crew anyway. So it's uh, it's a good and a bad business model. But, you know, we're all car guys. We all have that passion, and it's, it's a core requirement of what we do. But my first employee on the on the books was um i think maybe six years ago five yeah. years ago and that was a very hard step that was very well, it is because that's especially with friends but you know i was paying people by the trip and they were taking off time at work and quickly i realized like they can't do this yeah regularly and still have a real life so um yeah, you know, I hired my first employee, which was an editor, and it was really hard to let go of the editing process. Yeah. He literally came, like he messaged me online a few times, uh, my friend Jacob. He doesn't work for me anymore, but he was our editor, our main editor for like five, six years. It's kind of hard to say because he was part-time yeah. before he was full-time, but he came to my house and I gave him one of the cameras and a tape and I was like, all right, just make a video. We'll see how it goes. And literally like hours later he sends me the video i'm like this guy's serious <laughs> and that's kind of been the the way that i've found my employees is people that come to me and can show the passion and show that they are motivated to work prove themselves and then we go from there and they're not just doing it for a check they're doing it because they're mm -hmm. and, that, and that's what i've done with our companies too it, it's we just hired an assistant i think i had 27 applicants and they had to make it through my wife and my regional yep. manager who know my my mentality and my own personality and then mm -hmm. i'll do the final interview and and honestly, they were like, what? And there were some like people, multiple degrees. And then I took, I chose people based on their passion for what I do. Cause if you don't, you can only fake it with, for money for so long. People will see right through that shit, I think. And exactly. I read somebody's passion about, I'll, I'll teach you what you need to know. And the same thing with my managers and my shops, everyone's ever worked for me. I'm like, like, you know, people, some people with the GED, some people with a master's degree, like, it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you like this? And this is, is this what you believe in? I mean, are you full of shit? You know, or, or are you real? But I think that 
it relays to people through everything. It's like when Chad started in the videography, like the reason I chose him is because uh, for this podcast and entrepreneurship, because he had just got on his own. He literally oh, like, yeah, that'll motivate him. What is and he, and he, if you don't know how you're going to make rent next month yeah, and you've got to, I mean, this is what, but this is what you want to do. I'm like, okay, you're going to be able to do this for entrepreneurship because you are now in the same boat that I am and how hard it is for him to hire his first staff or it was for me too. Mm-hmm. And my business partner now on Rexy's nutrition and all the 20 some locations is my first employee I ever had who I, who worked wow. for me as a manager at GNC back in Norfolk, Nebraska, like 2000 to 2003. So when I moved down here and started this company, in 2010 and I ran into him at the gym and he looks like a nutrition store owner way more than I do. He's all, he's all ripped and has veins and shit. And I don't. Um, and, uh, and he, it was like six months into it. He's like, Hey, I want to start my own store. I'm like, screw that. You're me and my business partner. Cause like, you know, you you got drive and you love yeah. this and, and uh, that the rest is history. And so then I started the gyms actually, um, Nick Langer, uh, also looks like an actual gym owner. I don't I call him baby rhino for a reason. Um, and he's, and, uh, he was working for me at a shop. I'm like, no, I'd be my business partner in these gyms. I want, I want people to, you know, be invested as much as I am. And it's with employees. It's hard. Like it's for me, and you can, you said it perfectly. It's so hard to let go of certain aspects of the business because it's your baby. Like it oh, is, yeah. it's, it's one of your exactly. kids. I mean, my kids laugh cause I have six kids. Like you like the companies more than us. I'm like, no, I can't pick my favorite kid. I love you all evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, and it's so hard to delegate out responsibility when you're so used to doing it your way. But you know, like with us, with our social media stuff, I've always done it. And then <clears throat> having Chad produce a video, I'm like, holy shit. That's way better than I could do, which is awesome. But he also understands way the passion. Quicker. You know, it is. And it's, um, I always, I, I always know that 10 ads is better than one. I get it. But at the same point, it's, it's, it represents you in your brand and what you've tried to create. So it, it's hard. Um, yeah. Bringing friends in. For me, I've always hired within the company. It's on, on the bigger jobs because it's just so hard to bring somebody from the outside in because you just don't know. I mean, everyone, it's like when you interview somebody, what's your biggest weakness? I work too hard. Oh, mm-hmm. Shut up. You know, but if it's <laughs> if it's Cody and I've known him forever, it's hard I'm like, to see through that stuff. You know, it is. It's hard. It, it's it's too much at at stake. I think with the, when it's your passion to yeah. let go. So. Um, because now you guys are all over the place. Like yeah. you're, you're all over the world at this yeah, point. Yeah, we've man. we've progressed from that one employee. I'm trying to remember when it was. Probably 2013 is when he was officially full time. And today we have uh, ten in full time. So we've got three video editors, um, three people in our merchandise, uh, merchandising one that manages the online, and then one that manages overall operations and the retail piece of it. And then we have. Um, two other videographers and then a photographer and myself. So that's crazy. So you get to travel a lot though. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. I mean, you, do you enjoy yeah, that? Portion yes of and it? no. I mean, like after 18 years of it, it's worn on me a little bit, but when we go to the new, new spots, see a lot of new racers, like yeah. international travel is, I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Well, right now, probably a little bit. I guess, how yeah. are you guys adapting to all this craziness right now? Like, it's uh, touch and go day by day. We're basically at home, just shut down for now. Yeah. Um, there's no events going on. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, we're just waiting to see what happens. And the, the sad part of it is, like, you know, concerts and races and things like that are going to be the, one of the last things to recover, I feel like, because people aren't going to be, like, there might be events, there might be whatever, but 
people aren't going to feel real comfortable in going to big, big groups of people. Well, that's where we're at too. Is we do a lot of the bodybuilding shows. I sponsor all the shows in the Midwest just because it's always been my passion. And, and as a chubby kid growing up in Northeast Nebraska, like I always dream of looking like Schwarzenegger, which never <laughs> happens. But, um, you know, uh, they're going to be, because people are A, scared, and then P, that's a discretionary income. Yep. And people are going to try to make sure they get rent covered and the car payment covered and the kids yeah. fed first. And it'd be interesting to see how it is. I know the, the MPC promoters from the Midwest, I mean, their top shows just all got canned. And there's no, I mean, there's no getting that back. And it's, so it's going to be interesting. Like we, we've seen it across the board and, and, you know, I mean, all we, I think we're all day by day. I think we texted that the other day. I think we're all day to day right now. None of us really know what's going to happen, but you know, it's for us, a lot of our customers are loyal as hell. They've been with us for 10 years and um, they'll stick with them. Oh, they will. And, and, and they're like, Hey, I can't afford as much. I'm like, Hey, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. And you know, I'm the same boat. My, my wife, you know, she went from loving a job to working from home like real quick. And, <laughs> and, uh, if she doesn't yeah. kill one of our kids in the next three weeks, cause they're all stuck home from school, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's so. a great time not to have kids right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't envy people that have like you know, infants and, <laughs> and they don't want us home either. Cause now we make them do work at home. You know, yeah. it's like a guy, they're like, who's mowing our yard. I'm like, I have you people. You're mowing my damn my, yard. My manager so. of our video editing team literally had a baby two days ago. My business partner, his wife is having a C-section tomorrow. So yeah. he can't even go into our gym because he might contract it. Yeah. So I've had my wife and I've been pulling double duty to try to cover a lot of stuff for him, but you know, that's what we do. We're family. So it's not better safe than sorry. Exactly. Um, from the business aspect, um, like on YouTube, I mean, is that financially? So I, I guess I know YouTube ranks all the videos differently mm-hmm. uh, as far as like how much you get paid per thousands or millions of views and stuff. Are you guys, is that, been a long stream of income for you guys or is it newer or like how does that i know like i know a lot of guys in the bodybuilding industry it's very specific but i wasn't sure on the car so i i started trying youtube out like in 2006 yeah i think it was or no it was it was past that i think it was like 2009 or whatever but like way before people were really starting to use it um i was hosting the videos on my own private server Mm -hmm. because i was able to embed a player in our website and send people to my website so they buy our merchandise yeah so that was the only way that i'd make money off the video the online videos that and i had dvds are my primary income for the first couple years um so like if, if I didn't send people to my website, they wouldn't know about the DVDs. So I was really hesitant to try YouTube. My friend, uh, my friend Brad, I very vividly remember this because for years, or probably two years, he's like, "You got to try YouTube. You got to try YouTube." I'm like, "Why would I try YouTube when yeah. I need some people to come to my website to buy stuff?" And so I finally tried it a couple of years later, and this was before monetization was a thing. So there was wasn't really much of motivation, but like. I didn't, I, I had download stats for the most part on most of the videos. So I kind of had an idea how many views we had, but those weren't really affected when I put my videos on YouTube. So it was like a completely different audience. Huh. So I wish I had tried it sooner, but we, uh, we, I got monetized. Like I wasn't even prioritizing monetization on YouTube until I got the email and I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and then it was like, you know, $10 first month, hundred dollars, 200. And then, you know, a couple of years in, it was three or four grand. I'm like, well, this is shit. Yeah. This is as much as I'm getting paid at my day jobs. Cause I worked at PayPal, um, yeah, right after that. college. I, I started there in 2005 and worked for, there for nine and a half years. I almost hit 10. I really wanted to stick through it, but the business got so busy. I couldn't do yeah. both jobs. Well, um, or I, I was doing both jobs well, but not how I wanted to. And I had a, a dream job at PayPal. Like it was so difficult to leave there. The people I worked with were amazing, like yeah. very, very smart people. And we just 
had a really good team that we were with. So it was a tough decision to make, but between YouTube and other advertising avenues and our merchandising starting to pick up, um, I had been comfortable for a couple of years with leaving. I just didn't want to. Yeah. So uh, I finally made and I had that first full-time employee with me for a couple of years at that point, I think. Um, and then after I left, I hired a couple more and just fully committed to it. Yeah. But the, the YouTube revenue helped to make that decision. Well, it was always hard to sure. leave the guaranteed check too. And, and mm-hmm. I actually have a, quite a few part-time employees that work for PayPal full-time and they just, they love the atmosphere. It's a great company. It is. I saw their CEO just launched out that he's committed to paying everyone through the whole deal. And that's what we're trying to do too. And that's awesome. Yeah. That speaks volumes of their company. You know? I, I noticed the customer service center's parking lot's fairly empty. So I'm guessing yeah, they're, they're restricting they're, they're the number of people. They're working from okay, home. Most good. of them are working from home. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, even Lynette uh, Moles, who works for me on the weekends and she works there and she had a big post about it and i think well i mean they're being smart about it yeah a lot of jobs can work from home yeah um and and why not you know i I try to minimize how much i'm everywhere just to keep it down Mm -hmm. to but it just is what it is so um you know where do you see your outlook in the next couple years like what's your goals man that's that's a tough one i i'm not the kind of person to have like big lofty goals and numbers and stuff like that it's been a lot of in the moment things because of how the business just operates yeah it's just right place right time and taking advantage of what's in front of me um but i want to continue growing the channel we got to find a way to branch out from what we're doing right now yeah Um, we're looking for that opportunity but it's so difficult because like the, the hot popular thing for the last couple of years, especially right now, is vlogging. Yeah. And uh, we've tried a little bit of that here and there. We just don't have the setup and the, like, our fans know us for racing videos. Yeah. And to go and vlog and film racing videos is kind of an awkward situation. Yeah. And none of us are mechanics. Um, and none of us, I hate working on cars. But that's, that's really the popular thing right now is people want to follow personalities and yeah. builds and things like that. So it's it's taken like our channel's growth hasn't dropped, but it's slowed a lot because people are looking for those personalities. So we're trying to find a way to morph that into what we do. Well, that's that's kind of what we did. You know, it was the thing I found that all the nutrition stores. I just kind of looked at the space about a year or two ago and. Um, really kind of changed in 2016 where I'm like, okay, we're going to go hard in the paint about halfway through 2016. And I had, this is, that was the best year I ever had. And they're like, why are you going to change now? I'm like, I just, I quit listening to the radio and I quit watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like I, I stream shit, like, <laughs> cause you I know? just, I'm busy and I'm like, I just think that's where it's going to go. So we did. And I'm glad it, obviously now I did, but I looked at all everything in our space and I'm like, nobody's just following the big movement. They're following personalities. They're following a movement. You know, they're not mm-hmm. following the corporate crap, which I appreciate because I'm a fight the man type person. <laughs> so, um, and I'm, and I, and there's nobody, there's no, I couldn't name a CEO or a head of another nutrition company anywhere in the U S and, and, and especially like one that has like six kids, uh, usually it's yeah. not, you know, and I'm like, let's just kind of be us, but I don't filter shit. I don't, I don't, I think there's enough of that crap in the, the Gen Z, you know, 28 filters of Instagram crap. So I just kind of throw <laughs> shit up there and chat makes me look good. I mean, that's, that's awesome. But you know, I, I think we saw the same movement and it, it but it is. And since we've done that, we've seen, we went from our, lot our industry, a lot of stores closing this last year. I think GNC closed 1,200 units nationwide in two years. Oh, I didn't know that. And complete Nutrition, which is based in Omaha, is pretty much bankrupt. Uh, they sold almost all their locations, all, shut down all the franchises. Um, Vitamin Shop's been in bankruptcy for three years, just got bought out, and they're going to close. And then we opened seven wow. new ones. He's like, why? I'm like, I don't know, because we're real, and I'm all about people. I'm all about the mm-hmm. small business owner. That That's just my, my bag. I actually lowered our franchise fees 40% last year just to make it more affordable for guys because we could afford it. So... 
instead of like charging more for the brand, we actually went with the other direction, but it's just how That's I cool. am. Well, it seems know. like big corporations are having a hard time shifting and reacting to how quickly the world's changing. Like they're so used to their corporate lives and worlds. They can't shift like these smaller locally owned. Well, yeah, exactly. And I, and I think honestly, I think it's part of me being a family guy and, and, and I want all my employees are my kids. Like they're all my family. They're all, I mean, mm-hmm. they're all my house drinking beer, doing the thing that like, we all do this. We're all into the same shit. And, um, and having six kids, like, I guess like having kids from age of 20 down to one, and so I have the greatest market demographic research in my house. I'm like, what are they doing? And, and the funny thing is like YouTube, we were talking about that hasn't even begun to hit its platform yet. Mm-hmm. You look at my seven-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 14-year-olds, they're all on YouTube 99% of the time. They're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They do the TikTok thing and I refuse. I'm not doing it. I don't do musically dig TikTok dancing thing. It's not, yeah. sorry, Chad, it's not happening, bro. <laughs> I mean, he's trying so to talk me into it. It's not happening. After I saw you dancing, I realized, yeah, it's probably a good idea to stay off TikTok. <laughs> Listen, if, if I'm drinking, I think I'm really good, but I'm not. I just think I am. Um, <laughs> shut up. So, but you know, it, it uh, it's not even begun to hit its platform because that's all they do. Even yeah. my seven year old, he's a first grader. He's on he's he's on YouTube or what? It, it's funny because we were I had a booth at the Olympia in Las Vegas for the popcorn company, and this mom came up and she's like, "Hey, can I get a couple extra free little bags for my kids? They have a big YouTube channel." I'm like sure whatever and i wrote the name down and sure shit they did a video on youtube which has more views than anything else i've ever done um and so my seven-year-old now thinks i'm i'm cool it took that these kids have my popcorn on their (laughs) channel i'm like shit i guess i know where i rank but you know but but it but it is and i think the next 10 years it'll be even more massive but like we we talked about like uh, how to do the videos and how to do these things like now on youtube if you can't figure out how to do shit in business now by watching a youtube video then i mean yeah that's like some people that's their google uh, like over internationally that is google for people they, they find out how to do things what to do through youtube that's how I, that's how when i don't know how to fix something on one of my cars yep. I, I look on youtube on, honestly you know it's and it's it's funny. i would love i would love to see some of your your 1320 stuff i'd love to see you guys do some vlogging yeah i think you we're, guys we're I just think, trying to find that we were just talking yeah. about that we're trying to figure out yeah. the right way to do that because we're not we're, we're not set up to build cars and do project cars so we're trying to figure out the right feel for that like we've tried doing if vlogs you could get events. maybe a garage to maybe sponsor you come in and you could be in with them and yep. kind of vlog you know uh, via that but but it, but but even just be beyond that i think it would just be kind of cool to to just be around those kind of cars if you know cars well mm-hmm. even if they're not being worked on you could just sort of vlog on now oh, yeah we took this car from this and we well, yeah, I, mean, I think you could do some really cool, cool stuff just because I think people just want to see it. They love seeing the, yeah. you know, it's, well, it's like us with this, with this deal. It's, it's, yeah, I've talked about some stuff I've done, but now it's more about me telling success stories. Mm-hmm. Guys like you, because uh, I'm like, people hear me talk enough. It's true <laughs> what was that MTV show? They, they, uh, chops or no, uh, uh, where they would, they would uh, pin my ride type, like yeah. a pin my ride yeah. type situation. There we go. Uh, but, but then they made there's, another there's a lot show. Of ways to go about it. Maybe uh, Monster Garage. Maybe may, maybe that's. Uh, I thought it was something else. Maybe uh, what's the chop? Movie. What's the chopper one with the bikes? Uh, Orange County. Yeah, Orange, Orange County. County. Now, now that's obviously a yeah. bigger, more pro- production type situation. But still, like, I honestly, I like the fact a lot of these shows, and I think that you guys do. Like, it's. I think you're finding the personalities that are more real. This is mm-hmm. just me, you know, like I'm not. There's no smoke and mirrors. Like I had somebody else the other day, and I was doing a video on a fat burner and some. 
a-hole from Los Angeles pops in, but you're fat, bro. I'm like, I know, jackass. That's why I'm taking a fat burner. If I already had abs, I wouldn't need it. <laughs> Dude goes solid. Called up the store on Center Street and bought it. I'm like, because I'm, but that's just me. You know, yeah. I'm like, I go, there's enough pretty ass people out there faking, oh, I, I faking love like fun on social media. Oh, people. At this point, like they had, we had a couple of them that I, I, Seth Rossi, who I, I told you about, I, I interviewed and I mispronounced his name. Well, shit. Sorry. I can't go back and go back into Pittsburgh and record the video. And how many yeah. people like you said his name wrong. I get it. My bad, bro. Like you're good. And so but he's people like, are talking about that. Now, yeah, but so man, I go, just, just keep going bad. on there and just keep, yeah. just, just keep talking about it. And I just engage with every one of them. I'm like, I don't care. And there are worse things you could have done, but the, people are always looking for a reason my kids are starting their own YouTube channels. And I'm like, that's fine with it. Like this is go hard in the paint. Like, I mean, there's my son wants to be a video game programmer. That's his thing. And I might like, do it. Yeah. And so I had to lie about his age on his YouTube channel. Now he's old enough, but I had to come, <laughs> like just do it. And he's like, what do people mean? I'm like, screw people. People are mean. It's like, you know, the worst part of high school. Like I yeah. hated freshman year of high school. Oh yeah. It's horrible. You don't want to read YouTube comments. No. If you, if you're insecure about anything, you do not want to even read them. You know, <laughs> but my, my entertainment is like finding crafty ways to like turn around on them. Oh yeah. Because like if, if their comment gets less likes in my response, I've won. That's <laughs> well, my, well, they, <laughs> well, it was so, so for, so for Rochi's this big jacked up dude and people put out comments on his ch channels. It was like, you look like one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings or whatever. And he goes, that's pretty fucking good. Cause I see a picture of you. So we can make fun of you too. Yeah. Nothing. And I'm like, yeah, well, no and, and that's just it. I don't, I mean, as long as they, 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 they stay away from my kids, I don't really care. And even yeah. then my kids, I mean, they'll, they'll bash you with words and cut you deeper because mm -hmm. they get that from my wife. Um, that's one tricky but, thing about what we do though, is because there's things that we film that we just know shouldn't be online Yeah, <laughs> or things people say, and we filter for them. And I, I I know individuals know this, but they should take that. shouldn't take that for granted. Like there's plenty of channels out there that have viral videos because they put stuff in that have just like ruined people. Yeah. And we try our best not to do that. Well, that's just, us. it's, like, uh, it's, it's a tricky world. It is. And we, we, we're, we're, we're damn respectful of most of everything. We've had a, yeah. a few pieces. We're like, Hey, I said that I probably shouldn't have said, yeah. cut that out. Cool. You yeah. know, it's, it's only happened probably twice ever. It was usually me saying something I shouldn't say. And I, and it's very rare. I don't actually make him edit damn near Ooh. anything, but but you know, it's like when you mess, like anything to prepare for him, like, no, like I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not mm. gonna, I'm not gonna ask questions that people are, I just, I think right now, especially considering all the crap that we're going through, um, you know, with, with the world and business and everything else, I think people hearing a story that, you know, is hopeful, like your story, it's awesome. Like there's kids out there that want to do something like you or have a passion. They can mm. hear that somebody from here can do big things by just staying, but like you said, it's been 18 years. This isn't yep. an overnight thing. Like you've uh -huh. been grinding on this for a long time and you had that job at PayPal for nine and a half years before you finally stepped out. I mean, I did the same thing and it's, I was delivering pizza. I have two master's degrees. I started my first store and I'm delivering pizza for Godfathers at night as soon as I closed every night. Um, and you know, like people realize like even three years ago, my wife, like we tried to buy a house and started the gyms and kind of went too hard in the paint. I'm a, I'm riskier than she is. So she's working at Kohl's overnight, packing boxes over Christmas, over on the Christmas's temp. You know, here we're very successful. You know, we have several, but hey, we got to do what we got to do. It's insurance. It's yeah. a, it's a, like right now, I think right now they're going on. I think you see the guys, like how old are you if you don't mind me asking? 
37. We'll be younger than me. Damn it. I didn't even guess more older than me. 39. <laughs> but I think anybody around our age who went through that 07, 08, 09 housing crash and a lot of stuff has that, okay, I'll do what I have to do. It's not yeah. a big deal. I think that this will teach a lot of the Gen Z, younger than millennial type that, like, hey, sometimes you just got to work. And this is a big wake up call to a, a lot of people. It is. I think a lot of people are overextended financially, personally. I and mean, God mm-hmm. knows I've done. I mean, I look back at some of the shit I've bought the last two years ago. Yeah, it was stupid and really wish I hadn't, but lesson yeah. learned. You know, I think that. But honestly, the 08, 09 time period, I lost my ass. I invested in bank stocks. <laughs> that was great. Um, and lost my ass in my house. And mm. um, and I and that's what spawned me to finally say, hey, screw it. I'm just going to take my dream and make it a reality because I'm already broke anyways. Yeah. Might as well be broken happy instead of broken miserable. And uh, the rest of it's history. But I think that this could be one of those times. I think telling stories like yours right now are huge for people to have hope. And, yeah. um, you know, if you had to give advice to yourself 15 years ago what would you just what would you say oh boy that's a tough one especially on the spot <laughs> like for me like i go back and i people i have a lot of young entrepreneurs reach out to me they're like what's the first thing i do okay do you come for family money they go no okay cool anything with the big bank name that you recognize just avoid them completely because <laughs> they're going to tell you to go screw yourself anyways yep. um and and you know if you can't if you don't have, I have bad credit, okay, cool. Avoid banks completely yeah. and start talking to people about your dream and see who believes in it as much as you do. Because you have investors who believe in you, that's an easier way to get something started. And everything takes money to a certain degree. But and, and I said, like, and film the process. Like right now, especially with YouTube and Vimeo and I mean every other damn platform I can't probably even pronounce right now, like film the process. People have seen our first videos to now. Like it's, I mean, yours too. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, you know, you know, but I go back to some of our first ones. They're still some of my favorites because they were just so raw and authentic that, you know, like me and my, my cell phone recording videos mm-hmm. and some of the, some of the, some of our, our very first podcast is like, you, you, it's hard to see. It's like, it is it's dark. walking it's, in front of the camera. No, we only had to go to the bathroom and, and oh uh, man, it was, and that's it was the, rough. That's the thing about Facebook memories. And that was only a year ago when yeah, we started, we but we've come first. so far you, in a you, year. Like you, you go back to my first Facebook videos and you get those, uh, uh, flashbacks. I'm like, oh shit. Like, hey, I had no gray hair at all, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but it, it's crazy because, like, um, I'm you know how people teach themselves how to play guitar, change car parts, uh, you know, work on computers, whatever, through YouTube. Yep. I taught myself how to be a videographer through YouTube, basically. Learn uh-huh. um, learn settings. I practiced on different cameras. Uh, find you know, I found that Sony is my that's my go-to for video and mm-hmm. you know all this other stuff learn audio how to do this how to do that i still don't obviously have it mastered but like i finally have some confidence when i walk into a pitch meeting for something i'm just like i, I can make that happen well, and, first- and tim opened that door for me so it's been this is like i i love doing what we're doing and it's just so freaking awesome then watching your guys' stuff I'm just like that just wants to rate because the, the type of stories I tell are a little bit different than the type of mm-hmm. stuff that you do but everything's a, a way of a story it's a way to show something and tell something and so I like to dabble dip my foot in everything you know because I love that medium but yeah Tim's Tim's been able to open the doors it was funny his first time he came in and He's like giving the pitch and he's nervous as shit. And I can say I've known him since we were seven. So I know. And uh, he's just nervous. My wife texts me. She's in the room. She's going to tell him he's got the job already. I'm like, no, I'm going to let him sweat. <laughs> and and, and uh, I go, well, we'll call you tomorrow. And I'm like, of course you got the damn job, man. Yeah. And, and but the thing is like the things that we, we've even tried, we've tried, we've, we've adapted though. Like we tried doing the script and the, 
um, what do they call that? The monitor, uh, the teleprompter. Yeah, it didn't. Yep. It didn't work. No, yeah, for we, me, like, we've I, done that too. It's it adds a different level of complexity and awkwardness. It does, and I'm already awkward if I'm trying to read something, anyways. And yeah. half my shit is off the cuff. And Chad's like, "Okay, do another take." I'm like. I don't know what I said. Yeah. So I'm just going to say something else again. He'll blend them together. And it's, but I think we found that authentic. It, it plays well and it's real. And uh, yeah, it's different for everybody. And that's, that, that's the thing is every personality is different. So for some people, they'd rather have, I just want to read it and look and I've got the teleprompter and it's cool. Um, you know, uh, but, but then the problem is they find themselves reading and they're not listening to what they're saying because they're so concentrated on yeah. the words. And I'm like, you have to, you have to own it. You have There's to no know it. And yeah, smile. exactly. Yeah. You got to smile with your eyes, and it's like people don't know what that means if they've never had to do it before. Smile with your eyes. Yeah. No, no, but but, <laughs> no, but it's, I, it's no. one of those things where you think about that right yeah. for a second. And you're like, oh, I'm not a model. No, but 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 what you're doing is you, um, when you talk to people, you don't realize that you're doing that. When you you find something yeah. funny, when you're not actually speaking to them, you're actually doing it through these uh, little ticks and emotions that you didn't realize you were doing. And I'm like, I can see that on from this side of the camera oh, yeah. you don't understand so it's one of those things to, that's what i'm trying to work with but tim tim's, tim's been awesome because he'll get in front of the camera do, one take it's over i'm just like how does he do that shit uh, you know and that, that's for me my biggest pat like i love nutrition i love the gyms all that shit but i just like motivational speaking i just i think people need to pick themselves up and and, and take their own destiny in their own hands like especially mm-hmm. right now like one like okay the 08 and 09 housing crash we know who to blame some government and banks and a bunch of rich assholes. Mm-hmm. I was pissed, but I got still got screwed. This time, I just nobody's fault. And so the thing is, I just, I, it's nothing we can do about it either, but I, I just would rather have the destiny in my own hands and it's something I'm passionate about. Like, yeah, you, sure. can, you can tell that I'm, it, it just is for me that my kids, um, like, they're like, well, I want to be a doctor. Why? I want to be a lawyer. Why? Mm-hmm. Cause your teacher told you it was a good idea. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm like, no, what do you, what do you, what do you like? What do you want to do? My 14 yeah. year old, like, you know, his, my family's like, oh, he'll grow out of that. I go, I hope not. Some of these, uh, Twitch game players are making millions. I don't care what he does as long as he loves what he loves, what he's doing. And it's healthy. And, and actually to piggyback off that, I like that, uh, Kyle, do you find yourself, um, putting content out there that suits you, but also gives the people what they want? Or do you find yourself kind of like, do you have hmm. to toe the line or is it one of those things where it's like, I got to give oh, the people man. what they want, even if it's not necessarily something yeah. that brings back about the past four years of anxiety for me. That's the, that's the challenge of getting so big is that <clears throat> it used to be that I built my audience just based off of them liking what I like because I just put out whatever I like. Yeah. And now that it's so big and so diverse, and people are shifting and like we've it's been a big guessing game like we're trying to trying to do things new but also branch out from that that audience i've built just based off what i like and that's been really challenging um so we've had to start thinking a little bit more about what our audience wants versus what i want or are the crew wants but for the most part, we still just go to events that are things that interest us and it pays off. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Keep it real. I mean, and that's the, that's the thing about uh, great working with, with the Rexy's company is it really is about doing it. Your, you got to give the people what they want or what yeah. they need, but sometimes they don't know really what they want until you've kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, sent them on that journey. And, and, and with YouTube, when you get as big as you do, it's like, you probably get a ton of requests. Like, oh, you got to do this. Oh, you got to yeah. do that. Yeah. So that probably toe the line on mm-hmm. certain things that are it's probably about 80 percent doing what we want and 20 percent shifting to what we think our audience might like and trying new things but uh 
my passion is finding new events, new styles of racing, new builds, new personalities that we run into at events. And that's why I really like the international travel is because we've saturated the Midwest racing and some the East and the West, but, uh, everything international is new and they're like their YouTube channels aren't saturated in the U S. So anything I film there is all new to our audience, which I love. And there's a little spillover with viral videos, but for the most part, if I go to Australia or Japan or Puerto Rico or Brazil or whatever, no one here has seen that. So like, first of all, we don't have to get everything out in a week cause we're battling 18 vloggers that were there. And it, like I said, it's new. It's just a shock value and it's so refreshing compared to going to the same race for the 11th year in a row. Yeah. It's, well, and it's that's, that's kind of where we're like, I, yeah, I could stick to all bodybuilding new sports, but I don't because I just, I interview people that interest the shit out of me. Like I just, I'm like, that's impressive. I mean, I understand all of it, but it just look it's impressive to me. Mm. People who have just done things, especially people who seem real, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's, uh, that's why Chandler and Cox messaged me about you. Like, I'm like, well, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's for me. Like we've brought different people like my buddy, Joe Binley, who's from the UK, who's stuck in Los Angeles and in quarantine right now. He's supposed to fly up here last week. I'm like, no, oh, no, you, yeah. you keep your ass there. And yeah, we're going to need a, we're gonna need the whole thing closed caption because this thick ass British accent. But he's just one <laughs> of those posh. guys. Like what you get is is what you see is what you get. And I just appreciate that. But yeah. he's he's in that company for God, I think Joe's been in like 10, 11, 12 years, still does all of his own books, refuses. He's an international, multiple companies, but he's just like us, like he's so hard for him to give a certain portion away. And mm-hmm. um you'd like him a lot because he, he just came to Nebraska for like three, four years ago. And realize he's a farm kid from you know the uk and his whole company logo is based off of his first pet was a bull i'm like you're just a midwest farm kid you just don't know it. sweet you know and it's, yeah. but, it, but that's us like it's you should have this person on i'm like yeah i mean i'm trying to give people what they want at the same point like okay i can't fake an interview either if i'm not interested in, in the shit like you're gonna see it right on my face <laughs> it's, it's the reason why i don't play poker because i'm horrible at it um <laughs> but i guess you know if <clears throat> if in the next I guess a year. I guess we'll see where all this leads and how this changes for you guys and yeah. anyone else. But you know, it's I, a big guessing game. No one really knows. There's some things you can prepare for, but a lot of it's just along for the ride. Yeah. If your if your business is set up to prepare for this, or just in an area where it's kind of um, I don't know guarded from something like this, it, it's helpful. Like we're we are and we aren't. Like we can't travel and go film stuff, so that's going to change how content, we film. Yeah. Uh, we're good for about a month and a half or so at least, but when we get closer to that, we're going to start finding other things to do. But um, our merchandising, thank God, is is the sales are up online. Yeah, but um, our merchandising is a little bit bigger piece of our year, yearly revenue. So yeah, um, not being able to go to events and sell there is hurting us too. But maybe, luckily maybe, our fans are all online right now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe now is a good time to try that. Like, like that vlog, you know, kind of, you could do something online or you guys could hey, do we'll something. Put this, we'll put this out there and people are going to see this. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one of the, I just think maybe, maybe now is one of those times you That's, might want to try to do like a vlog type like, thing where it's like, you can talk about like your process and, and the, a little bit about what you're talking behind about. Behind the here. scenes almost. Yeah. yeah. You know, behind the scenes would be kind of cool. I think that's that's the thing. It's like with you have 10, 10 employees right now. Yep. I mean, that's that's in as as a, as as the owner. That's that's pressure. You know, mm-hmm. it is, and it's um, we had uh, between all the companies about sixty employees, and uh, you know, I've got my my 
10, 11, 12 full-time people. And that's, we had to cut a lot of the part-time people just to make sure that the, the sole income people like that's how they put food sure. do what we can. And, and could I cut it a lot more than I did? Yeah. But these, these are my family and I know it's exactly. And, and it's, yeah. And I, I don't want to have to make it changes if I don't have to. No, nobody does. And I'm hoping that some of these things come through, but I, I told them like, these are the people that have, you know, live, eat and breathe what we, what mm-hmm. we represent. I told my wife, if I have to deliver pizza at night again, to not take a check so they can get one, I'll do it. It doesn't bother me a bit. And, um, but I think that that that's a pressure that a lot of people don't until they're in your shoes or in my shoes. They just don't quite get it. And I had a video out with my pastor, my church the other day, actually. And I said, I go, people understand like how hard it is. I'm seeing like, Oh, my boss cut me. I'm like, is this a small business? Okay. Yeah. Trust me. That was just as hard on him. Yeah, as it, was. Oh, yeah. it is because you know that they're relying on you to make sure that you know, they, it's, it's the exactly. guy, it, the buck stops here and it's like nothing you can do. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing is if you guys want to support your company, go buy some merch. Same with us. Like we have more web orders in three weeks than I think I ever have in probably six months. Yeah. It doesn't come close to the amount we get in retail, so it does still hurt. But I'm, like, I'm just so damn appreciative of the fact that they people 30 blocks away would still come out to find you. Yeah, still, and mm-hmm. that's cool. Though, you know what I mean? They're like, hey, you guys need more T-shirts. I'll buy some of those. Shit. Okay. Hey, let's get some more T-shirts. Or, yeah. You know, but um, we were we were in Houston for our largest event of the year, TX2K, and we saw a lot of merchandise there, and we filmed a lot of content that um sometimes we'll make make videos for a few weeks afterwards and it was after the first well during the first day um there's a like the big nhra opener year year opener down in florida that got canceled they were literally in the middle of racing and they shut it down until everyone to go home and so i was like well there's something coming to us like it's it's gonna happen because nhra governs everything and then um, just the country was, you know, obviously making decisions, but halfway through the day I was talking to the track owner and he had a meeting set up with like the city or something. And at 10 PM, uh, I literally just left the track to go out street racing. I got the message from the track owner that they were shutting down all spectators at the gate, like no spectators, just racers, crew, uh, media. So we were able to film our content, but we have our massive 40 foot merchandise trailer there yeah. and another trailer full of merchandise that we were expecting to sell over the next three days that and they were saying that they're uh, making the event one day shorter so it's three days now um so i didn't sleep much that night but we were able to come up with a plan to take our other trailer into the city to like a night meet yeah. and they had a line like a block and a half long for four hours buying our stuff which was awesome that's awesome yeah. um shout out to everyone that came to that that helped that saved us so instead of you know selling like 20 percent of the merchandise we would have because the first day is always slow anyway we were like probably about 50 so that really helped us because we rely on that event to, to point us in the right direction for the year yeah um and fund what we do so that was very stressful and i'm like there's outside of the merchandising there's a lot of things going through my head like oh my god what do we do when we get home how do we get home yeah like, the shelves are already empty in houston uh, what if they shut down borders and like oh yeah oh my gosh what's well, the thing is like <laughs> you've been around for this long though your fans your people who follow you they're going to help support and that's yeah, the thing sure. it's, it's like even it, it, my guy cuts my hair <laughs> he just opened up a year and a half ago mm-hmm. josh and they, they shut everyone down. This is his only income. And yep. so he was up like, hey, we're selling T-shirts. Um, I know they're grossly overpriced, but, you know, I'm like, rock me down for a double That's X, a bro. Yeah. yeah. Why not? And, it, and it, they, they call it the COVID T-shirt. I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll rock it, whatever. Yeah, we, we um, made one, too, that says uh, 
uh, COVID-19 can shut down the tracks, but it can't shut down the streets, which yeah. we're not encouraging people to go out in large groups and go street racing, but you know, <laughs> playing words out, yeah. you know, I mean, but that's, yeah. that's with our gym too. We say, guys, if we have to shut down, we will like, if you guys need to freeze your membership because the finance is cool, if you can keep it open just so we can still make mm-hmm. our, our rent. Um, I said, we'll make it up to you in the end of the year when we caught up with this stuff. And I can't tell you how many hundreds of people messaged in. Um, and we're like, no, no, I want to just keep charging me. I'm like, and my business partner was in here yesterday. I mean, in big old burly bastard. And he's just tears in his eyes. Cause you know, for us, like this is, that's everything for us. I mean, that's it's, we, we don't, pay ourselves out a single dime in that business we put everything back into for the last three years and we have another three years yet before loans are paid off but uh and the amount of people that just came in i know one guy goes i'm training at your gym but i'll buy a membership i can't go in though yeah i appreciate that you don't have to do that but you know yeah. go buy a t-shirt or something you're good you know <laughs> yeah. but it, it's i think you're seeing the best of a lot of people come out right now for sure which is awesome i don't i don't do anything out of place of fear like yeah there's a lot of unknown for business owners like you and me sure mm-hmm. but i'm gonna look at the positive and see what I can make of it because sitting around being pissed off or paralyzed isn't going to accomplish anything for yeah. anybody. Hopefully it's motivating to people. What well, is the last time and my wife's like, what do you, what kind of new business is going to come out of this disaster for you? I go, I've got some ideas. <laughs> yep. now, you know, but that's just how I am. Well, um, I, I've been thinking about your question about the advice to myself 15 years ago. Um, there's a few answers, but the biggest thing is for us is things change so quickly. Like the trends change so quickly online is I wish I would have pushed harder on things that were doing really well. Yeah. Um, so on, on YouTube, when there's certain trends happening, it could be an overnight thing. It could be a year thing. You don't know. Yeah. When we make one video that does well, lots of times we just move on to the next things. We're just comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, and it, right now it's like daily trends. It's crazy. But back 10 years ago, like girls writing and, in cars with bikinis on that was huge and there's a channel down in texas that has like 80 million 100 million views just off of that and we did like two of them and did like 20 or 30 million views a piece but that's all, all i did and then like a year later youtube decided that girl like bikinis are not monetizable so <laughs> so it's like i could have made a hell of a lot more money off of that yeah. um the other thing is uh as much as I love having my friends be my employees, I wish I would have thought a little more, more to set up like some expectations and guidelines and rules to like help draw the line facilitate the relationship and yeah. re- relationships because I've lost, I, I feel like I've lost that tight friendship with a few people that I, I regret yeah. that, that it sucks. <laughs> well, and then I think we've all learned that that's, yeah. that's a lesson. I think everybody's watching this can definitely like, it's, it's great having friends in business to the aspect most of the time, a mm-hmm. lot of really good friends, good employees. I can attest. Sure. I can attest that as well. Hey, I can attest it, that it can as be well. So great because they'll work harder for you because of the respect. But every once yeah. in a while, you'll have one that that takes advantage. I've had that with family who've worked for me in the past too. That were like they because they're family, they don't have to quite do everything else. And so we've, you know, um, with employees when it's an employer that that's this it's different because you are it's it's not a democracy in a business it's a dictatorship and mm-hmm. in, in, in a in a nice way of saying it that I'm like so we had to start setting parameters my wife's been better at that because I am the guy of a thousand chances I always think that I take it on me if somebody screws up I'm like what could I have done better what didn't I say maybe I should have made that more clear in the beginning so we've really done well with setting standard operating procedures like here's what yeah. we expect here's what here's where the bar is and defining that um i'm still a sucker though i think i have three daughters some used to talk into shit i don't want to do um and that's that's my kids but you know i think with in dealing business with friends like we have I, shane i just set up a principle and come on my friends are in different businesses you know friendship buys you 10 percent 
And that's the rule since day one. <laughs> I will spend 10% more with a friend, maybe 15, but there has to be an ax on it because otherwise it's like, well, you did your double. I mean, I can't do double. Yeah. Like if I'm buying like a sign from somebody versus another sign, or if I'm buying this, that, or the other thing, I have, you have to set a line. It's just, otherwise it's so hard. I thought I had somebody when I first, first got started um, outside of, went out by myself. Um, I had a, I had a friend we were really close. We'd worked together at another place. I was in the restaurant business. And uh, we we were like simpatico. I mean, we were always hanging out uh, really close and said, hey, let's do this. Oh, yeah, no, totally. So we were both down. And I found out pretty much overnight, I was ready to rock and roll. Got the LLC. You know, uh, I found a camera, used camera, uh, you know, whatever nice lens, the whole thing. Overnight. I basically did all this. And then the next day it was like, he kind of was like, whoa, slow down. I was like, slow down. Like, let's go, you know, let's, let's go out and make a bunch of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and make a bunch of mistakes, figure out how to get it done. You know, uh, not on purpose, obviously, but let's go out there and figure it out. And I was ready to jump in, um, not necessarily deep end, but I was ready to jump in so that I could learn what not to do. And, and I did, and I did it yeah. quickly. And we, we, you know, booked, booked the Rexius gig and all this other stuff. And pretty soon it was just, uh, you know, all these things were happening and it was just too much <laughs> for him, I think, or, or right away or didn't trust or whatever it was. I'm sure I had made some mistakes, but that's the thing is going in and he was a good friend. And that's the thing is I, th- I looked at him as a friend, as opposed to a business partner in a say. So, I, I'm not, I'm not going to put all of it on him, but I, I, I got to put some of it on me. But, but there was this, Hey man, I, I'm bringing you along and let's do this thing and all this stuff. And I, anyway, it was, it, it was it tough tricky. and it was a learning and it was, and, mm-hmm. and it was like you said, it was kind of like, I wish we had just stayed friends yeah. instead of going into business. Well, and so, when I first started filming, actually, when I worked at Stereo West, one of my coworkers there, still a really good friend of mine now, uh, was actually filming along with me and he had kids and family and it just got to the point where he, there was just too much going on. He, he just didn't have the time to help with it. So we kind of split ways. We're still good friends. And that's part of the reason we like, he, we could have been co-owners in the business. And at that point, <laughs> it would have been a completely different story. But uh, yeah, it, it has a different level of complexity. Um, when you were talking about the different things of like setting up a business, one piece of advice to myself and anyone out there, as soon as you feel like you might have a brand, trademark that shit. Oh, because yeah. Wow, it is very expensive, and it t- took me about five or six years to get all the trademarks I need for my business because I didn't do it early on. Because I was um, one of, I think I was the second thirteen twenty, whatever blank in the world. The first one was actually um, the Pink's company I had a production brand back when Pink's was a thing that was like thirteen twenty something, and that was just before I started selling shirts, which is like the first date and yeah. use and so i had to wait for theirs expire and then by the time theirs expired there are thousands of 1320s out there now and it's pretty ridiculous um but like the tr- the trademark world is just well that's what i found out like with mine i didn't think i had to because i'm like well rexy is my last name and then my, yeah. my my franchise attorney was like oh no people will steal that shit and he made me go buy every single dot net dot org dot everything mm-hmm. i possibly could and i'm like holy shit i mean iron heaven the logo was personally uh, designed should we get on that should we get on that for this yeah because uh, <laughs> i looked at now or never there's like seven different oh, pop- sure like nobody's tons. as big as ours 
uh, honestly, I looked them all up. Nobody has as many views or followers as we do, but you know, the fact they may get one splash off of ours, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I mean, cause I'm not, I'm not making money on this. I'm not, I mean, we've had some offered guest speakerships. Well, I always do it for free for now. Like, I'm not where I want to be yet. So I don't, I just, I like, yeah. I like doing this. Honestly, when you're opening retail stores, it's pretty black and white. You need trademarks or when you're branding something specifically, but like my first shirt I sold, I was like confused. Like why the hell does someone want a shirt with my company on it? And so that was kind of in my head for the first few years. Yeah. And then by the time we were selling thousands of shirts every few months, it was like, okay, this do, is going to make Do you buy it. your own uh, trademark? Do you have a lawyer do it? I've got a lawyer. I, I did, and that's my advice. I have a lawyer do it. That yes. shit is so freaking complicated. Like I'm all, I can set up an LLC and S corp, a C corp, mm-hmm. easiest buy. I can do it online. Not a trademark. That stuff is in If you screw up, you don't find out until after you paid for it and they still kick it back and, and they deny you. So, yep. uh, copyrights and trademarks. And it takes two years from to deny you. Yeah. All this limbo. A lot, a lot of bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, definitely that's, um, we learned that out as well too. And it's, and it's like, okay, if you have partners, like just, is the company on the trademark? Does the individual yeah. own the trademark? All that shit comes in play and it and it is um but yeah good good piece guys never talked on that either yeah because i i mean um, i've known our lawyer since we were about 10 years old so that helps but um you've done a lot of people i've worked with i've known since i was a kid but that's just it's a trust yeah yeah, some of our main trademarks um like after they did the search and looked into each of them they came back and said you need to call this person have them change their name i'm like well that's one of my friends and he's not doing it like with any ill will it's just um you know i've not like i knew him before he started his company but like we've worked together i'm not gonna call him be like you need to change your name yeah so luckily after three years of finessing it's <laughs> we're all able to do our, our own thing so it's but i've had i've actually I had to use it with rexy Patricia, <sighs> the trademark and copyright because people started putting it in their names on instagram that didn't work for me oh boy and then selling supplements online oh yeah we've had it people making up fake websites with but the name that. oh it happens all the time it, it's it, people uh, parading around being an ambassador or a sponsored athlete or somebody in the business trying to get money like it's happened a lot and that's the worst part is like for for rexius it's like if somebody sells a supplement that ends up making somebody sick or does something messed up oh, yeah. and they they claim to whatever that's well, that, social, can, that so, can be dangerous social media and then the internet makes the whole world one big small town and they don't mm-hmm. care if it's in bfe or if it's here they think it's the guy down the street and i'm held accountable so i i i monitor it like a hawk because i have to yeah. that's my family name and uh and, and people will come in. It's amazing. People, you know, it's just business. So people walk in like, I know the owner, Tim. I'm like, do you? Yeah, he says, I get this for half off. Really? And my picture's on the wall behind the store. And he, oh, shit. I'm like, hey, for effort, <laughs> though, dude. I'll give you 10% off. Oh, my and God. And they'll buy it. It happens all the time. Yeah. And they're like, I'm Tim's cousin. I'm like, I don't think you are. <laughs> that, that actually happened with the guy I mentioned that went by Paris with the pickup. Uh, we kind of both made each other famous. Uh, he worked for an electrical company here in town. I think he still does. But he worked with this new kid and this new kid's like telling him stories about the, his truck every day is coming out with his new stories for like a month. And he yeah. just kept going along with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how does this kid not know? I mean, I blurred his face in most of the videos, but it's like, <laughs> Oh no, it happens. It happens a lot. I mean, for like, it's, it's one of those, like, it's almost surreal at that point where I, I have a lot more gray hair than I used to, you know, like yeah. people don't know. I grew my beard out like four inches and it's all white and people walk in like, yeah, Tim and I are real close. We grew up together. Oh, Did you? Where'd you grow up? Norfolk, Nebraska. Oh, sweet. You got the right thing. They looked it up. They did their homework. And I'm like, so I let it go for like 10 mm-hmm. minutes. And, and the, I have a, I went entrepreneur of the year, top 40 or 40 a couple of years ago. This is a much younger picture of me. I'm like, see that guy? Yeah, it's Tim. I'm like, do I really look that old? He goes, what? And I pull up my ID. Kid, look, he goes, 
oh shit, man. I'm like, no discount, but you got to buy yeah. shit. Now. This is the greatest story ever. <laughs> and it, it happens. It happens a lot. I mean, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's crazy, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's funny. They'll come in. Like if somebody wants to come into a store, it's great though. Cause they're like looking for the bus, the boss here. I'm like, you look mad. He's not here. I have no idea where he is either. And she said, I'm about living on my Tiburon. I'm like, yeah, that's Shane. Shane's the boss. Yep. That's who you want to talk to. Oh, here's his email address. Call him instead. That's why we took the numbers off our cars. Because I, I drive like oh. an asshole. I admit it. I drive fast and I, I like it. And I don't yeah, but care. you put your name on it, so it's like. <laughs> well, no, I took my name off the car too. Originally, I took out the phone, and they would call the store and be like, you know, the guy driving the Rex. Oh, I got you. Not like your plate. Okay, I thought you were talking about your plates. No, no, no. My plates are good. Um, and uh, I'm like, oh, I'll talk to Shane. That's got to be him. And then, and then we start getting bad reviews online because we drive too fast. Or and I'm like, okay, let's take. We took all the logos off all the vehicles. I'm like, this is because oh you know Grandma buys vitamins at my shop, and she doesn't like when people drive. Yeah. <laughs> the speed limit even so well thank you so much for coming on man I, it, it's uh it's great to hear another success story from somebody from omaha in the midwest and especially right now i mean a lot of you guys out there watching this video I mean, take lessons from him like he's been grinding for 18 years um it's a marathon not a sprint and keep mm-hmm. grinding and maybe what's going on right now you see us like we're both dealing with it day to day but we have hope and oh, yeah. uh, we've ground we've, we'll been, we've been grinding this long I'm, I'm i'm good i'll keep grinding after this is over so thank you so much toast to the homies that can never see the light and the haters that forever see my ghost with a night ah oh, man